and drink some water because some water, child, this, take care of yourself. I'm gonna be <sighs> huffing and puffing because this child is just. Mm. When we shot at Essence, you said something in passing. You're like, if I sit like this, they won't see my stomach. And I was like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I remember thinking, but I will never ask a woman if she's pregnant. She could be nine months pregnant. She doesn't offer it up. And I'm I was like, kind of popping out there too. I didn't notice then. You know, you're tiny. And Charlie posted this photo, and I was like, I look pregnant. But she didn't even in know. In your mind, you did. And everybody, because you're tiny. And I was like, hmm? And I was like, nah. <laughs> and then it was like, poo. <laughs> yeah. I loved it. All right. You are listening to The Engagement Game, the podcast. I'm your host, author Joy Marie McKenzie. And I have turned my critically acclaimed, I'm going to run my own receipts, what? Um, I'm turning my critically acclaimed memoir into a podcast and I cannot believe it, but we are already on episode three. So we're halfway into this season. I don't know if I told y'all this, I blame it on pregnancy brain or what have you, but, um, I'm doing this podcast in seasons. And so the first season is going to be six episodes that really break down my memoir, the engagement game. And if you're wondering what is the engagement game, what are you talking about? Like, what am I listening to child you late? We, um, but let me go and catch you up. Well, spring break done passed, but we're going to catch you up so you can graduate on time. So uh, the engagement game is a memoir that I wrote really about my journey to becoming the woman that I am today. And essentially, I was obsessed with getting my boyfriend at the time of five years to propose to me. And I did all sorts of crazy things. You know, thought about cooking engagement chicken. I wrote a list of when I wanted in a husband, which I thought was actually a very good exercise. I did all sorts of crazy things. But at the end of the day, what I learned was that there was nothing that I could do to convince him to marry me. But I needed to convince myself that I was worthy of being a wife honestly. And I needed to check in with myself to make sure that I was ready to be a wife. And so that is the book. It's out in paperback right now. And so this podcast is to celebrate that. Um, so if you haven't picked up your copy of the engagement game, go please pick it up. I need your support. I ain't too proud to beg. Shout out to TLC. Um, but I'm really excited that this podcast allows me to delve even deeper into the book's Themes. And I've tapped some of my friends, um, some amazing thought leaders. I have such a good guest today. I'm not going to spoil it. Not yet. I'm going to introduce her later. I'm really excited about today's theme because it is something that I have grappled with um, recently. I am not ashamed to say that I believed, you know, hook, line, and sinker in happily ever after at one point in my life. You know, my favorite movie to this day is Ever After, which is basically a Cinderella adaptation starring Drew Barrymore. Check it out. Um, it's such a good film. Um, but so I was that little girl who dreamed of finding her happily ever after. And it kind of, you know, effed, it kind of effed me up to just be perfectly honest with you. And so today's thought and theme of meditation is um, happily ever after. Do you believe in it? Did you fall for it? Did you um, put all your loves, hopes, and dreams into this ideal that you can find one person to be happily ever after with? And before I tap my very special guest to help me break this down, I went all around New York City asking women, just women this time, if they believed in happily ever after. And here is what they had to say. When I was younger, I 
wanted to believe in happily ever after but I think that because I saw so many real life examples of that not playing out the way that it played out in storybooks that the concept became really hard to grasp um, you know broken homes seeing parents divorce um, it kind of put a little bit of a pessimistic view on it as a youth but I feel like when I got older I kind of understood that you can create the outcome and the fairy tale that you want um, and that nobody else has the power to write your ending for you. I will say that one of my favorite movies is Love Jones so at some point you know in in loving Love Jones you have to love love and have to to some extent buy into the happily ever after. I think that um, happily ever after is certainly what we make it and I think that even on a larger scale happily ever after is reserved for like the love of God honestly like I think that that's 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 where we find the perfection but in these human relationships we have to make it happily ever after there's the effort there's the commitment and then there's the effort and then you have to see it through so I'm definitely under the happily ever after spell to this Jay despite all of the breakups and bad relationships <laughs> which totally sucks I should have definitely snapped out of it but I still believe it you know I still believe in you know people getting married at young ages I am still anti-divorce and I know everything happens with reason but definitely I still believe in happily ever after uh, I still believe in love so much I'm so obsessed with it um, there's just so much in our culture that you want to appreciate and you hold on to all right so you heard from those women on the street um and I just think it's super telling that the one woman in particular said she sort of fell in love with the idea of a happily ever after thanks to love Jones and if there are any creatives out there listening like that's the power of storytelling that's the power of filmmaking um of books even like the narratives that you create people buy into and they take it as personal um, their personal belief system or their personal moral code even. And, you know, I was sort of Googling in preparation for this chat and discovered that happily ever after is a term that's been used since the 18th century. The Grimm brothers used it to end their fairy tales. And so, you know, these sort of fairy tales for kids has now become weirdly um, a sort of mantra or an ideal to live by for women. And really just women, right? Because you don't really hear men saying, yes, I believe in happily ever after. Like you rarely hear that. Um, but enough about me talking about this because I really want to get into my guest. And of course, I tapped the most perfect person to help me answer these questions. She is one of my favorite feminist thought leaders. She is, I just, every time she speaks, it's like a little sermon to my soul. Uh-huh. Aisha Baines. <laughs> Welcome. Hey, Joy Marie. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you yes. for coming. You know, I really love elated. you. I adore you too. And you already know that. I'm just I'm like, I'm just happy to be here. I know. I should, <laughs> she came in here with a gift. She gave me a whole gift, which I'm so excited to use. Yes, some body oils <laughs> and some candles. So thank you so much You're for welcome. that. Um, but tell the people a little bit about yourself if they don't already know, but they should. But. Sure. My name is Aisha. I am what I would call a feminine power provocateur. So I mm. spent 
quite a bit of time thinking about the unique ways that women acquire and wield power and live their best lives in a society that isn't always set up so that we can live our best lives. We know. (laughs) You know. I'm the founder of Women Love Power. It's a digital educational platform for women. I am a journalist by trade. You can find me on The Grapevine. Yay! (laughs) It's one of my favorite shows on YouTube. Guys, if you haven't checked it out, it's The Grapevine TV. subscribe. The Grapevine TV on YouTube and also uh, the co-host of Inside the pink it's a podcast so you got a couple of ways to get at me yes, yes. I love her so much you guys <laughs> um but I think I think we should start like when happily ever after I remember like my favorite movie to this day is ever after which is like a Cinderella story yep. um starring Drew Barrymore it's one of my favorite movies mm-hmm. but you know I just really when I was a kid bought into the idea of you know being this woman and then this prince charming finding me and then my life would be perfect do you yes. remember like when you like first saw this happily ever after phenomenon and did you buy into it in my head I have a memory of this book my mother managed to find these black fairy tale books Mm. and they were so beautifully illustrated and Cinderella was my favorite one I don't think there is a story on earth that epitomizes happily ever after like Cinderella Mm -hmm. so granted the characters look like me but I loved the story of Mm. Cinderella and the idea of not only uh, being rescued (laughs) <laughs> but being loved and then the ultimate is the ultimate come up it really is she gets love and splendor yeah <laughs> so and i um you know growing up i loved a romance novel i was always like hmm. really precocious so once i read like all the books that i had i would like dig in my mom's little library mm-hmm. when she had her romance novels and her Terry McMillan and stuff like I was, that. I was just thinking in my head, like waiting to exhale. Waiting I tried to, to read it as a kid and like did not understand. <laughs> like, I'm like, this is Bernadine. What I is was this? not ready for that story, Terry. Um, I love Terry McMillan to this day though, but I, I definitely bought into it hook, line and sink. I think well, deep, well into my twenties. Like I was a romantic and every man I met probably projected the idea he could be the one mm-hmm. onto him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, until I met my fiance just now, I was still believing in that, honestly. Mm-hmm. It's like the best, it's one of the best stories ever told, Cinderella. It really is, honestly. I think it maybe requires some tweaking, mm-hmm. but it's a, it is a beautiful story. And the thing is, Happily Ever After does exist. It's just not, you know, this ellipsis. It's not a dot, dot, dot. Like mm-hmm. there are things. <laughs> there are a lot happy. of things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did you realize, when did you realize it was full of shit? <laughs> Honestly, um, you know, every time something didn't work out, I never questioned happily ever after I questioned me. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like if girls are taught, you know, if you behave and you're nice and you're attractive, some man will come and find you and anoint you the one. Mm-hmm. And so if that's not happening then you've done something wrong. So I never questioned that idea. I just always questioned myself. Mm -hmm. And then um, in my late 20s, I was dealing with this this guy who was an older gentleman, um, and he was a real bohemian. He kind of like a Shazza. (laughs) Oh, gosh. (laughs) I cannot see you, y'all. She got on this Chanel 
blazer, okay, head. Like, I can't see you. I can't see you with the Shazam. <laughs> it makes it all the more because, you know, it's different. Like, it's di- you know. different. But I, I respect it because Shazam has something, child. He had child. these long locks and these, you know, real pretty eyes. Um, anyway, uh, he just seemed great, mm-hmm. you know, just very attentive and kind. And I was like, oh, he's different, but hmm, maybe he could be the one. Just always projecting. Um, and then I'll say that I realized that he, everything about him wasn't so much a lie, but I realized that he was a very dishonest person hmm. and a very manipulative person. And I think it was like the first time where I was like, I saw the cracks mm-hmm. in the mirror. Like you're projecting this fantasy and it's not real. You're seeing what you want to see. And mm-hmm. it was the first time when I stopped seeing what I wanted to see. And I saw the actual like man, like mm-hmm. Dorothy traveling to Oz, like the <laughs> disappointment when she realizes, oh, this is just some con man random <laughs> in a curtain. Random weirdo <laughs> yes. by himself. <laughs> yes. So yeah. he, um, he started like seeing someone else. Mm. and he was lying about it and it was just a mess and I was like really heartbroken but I stopped seeing him I mean I was strong enough at that point to be like no I'm not gonna be number two right um but I was really devastated about it and it was actually my father like I would always run Mm. to like my mom or my girls like women right when I had a heart a broken heart my dad I didn't go to him he saw me crying first of all he asked me and he gave me some tough love. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the things he said to me was hotness. He said, I don't know why you're crying. You have a world to conquer. My father's always said, I didn't raise you for a man. I raised you for the world. That's yes. you know, trademark. He said, I don't know why you're crying about this. And you know what? He must have saw, he saw that you were thirsty and he went for it. Ooh. He said that. Now, he did not mean that in the sense of you just thirsty to be with a man. Right. But I think. He meant it in the sense that, like, he saw that you were vulnerable and you were naive and you would sell whatever he was buying. And he was mm. absolutely right. Oof, that is triggering. And it was a hot, and I, when he first said it, I was like, Chris, all you imagine, I'm like a wreck, right? And right. then you're gonna say that. And I was like, oh my God. But let me tell you, the next day I woke up and I never thought about this man again, like, honestly. Wow. And I asked myself this question what is it that I am so longing for mm-hmm. that I was upset about this man that is a hot mess right what is it i was hoping he would give me Mm. and it was the that point where i realized like happily ever after is not like walking off in the sunset it's different things to different people for some people it is i want to feel beautiful Mm -hmm. i want to feel loved i want to feel secure i want to feel protected i want to feel wanted i want to feel valued i want to feel affirmed it's all of these deep ego-based things we're looking for and longing for in a partner. That's the happily ever after. Mm-hmm. And I think until you really give it to yourself, you actually will have a hard time finding it. You will. I, I think you will never find it if you keep if looking. If you keep looking outside. For someone else. That was yeah. the moment. He was like, that was the breakthrough uh, relationship. That's when I realized like, oh, I, I realized if happily ever after never happens, am I just going to sit here and be unhappy for the rest of my life? What do I have to do to be happy? Mm-hmm. I love that. And it reminds me of the relationship I wrote about yes. uh, with Adam. And for me, when the, when I saw that happily ever, this is when I realized happily ever after was never going to exist for me because um, I was doing all of the things he asked me to do. I was willing to do that for him because I loved him. Mm. And 
you know, he was he wasn't that bad. Like he never cheated on me. I never caught you know, I never caught him. He <laughs> I, I don't believe he ever cheated on me. Mm-hmm. He never treated me bad. He was supportive in all the ways that I needed him to be supportive until he wasn't. Yes. You know, he was he was a good man, but he was unhappy with me in the relationship. And he would tell me all the time. Oh. Like I'm not happy. Can you do? Well, can you do book. this? Mm-hmm. Can you do? And if you do this, then then we'll be okay. And the onus to always fix the relationship was on me. Mm. So again, when you said I never felt good, like good enough, or I remember feeling like that, like oh my gosh, I am not enough for this man. And mm-hmm. and he would say, well, a good a good wife will do this, or a good woman will do this, and you need to learn how to cook. And and. And you know I don't like to cook, child. I, I got oh, five good meals. this is why meals. I like you. Oh, and in the, I have five. <laughs> That's all you're going to get repertoire. from me? Rotate. That's <laughs> all you're going to get from me, okay? A good microwavable. Yes. Uh, they have healthy options now, smart choice. That's yes. all I'm getting. I will, I will order seamless down to the, mm-hmm. da- the dime. But, like, I was not the woman that he wanted, and he made it known. And so because I was young, naive, and buying into this happily ever after, I was willing to shape shift. I was willing to, you know, um, suppress my feelings and suppress my interests to, to appease him. And I just remember being, um, trying everything, like doing everything right, making sure that lemonade was in the fridge, making sure that everything, um, that he wanted, he got. And when he was still unhappy, I was like, well, I can't. I, and were you happy? No, I was mi- <laughs> like oh, I was miserable. Like, I was miserable. I think I blew up. He, I was like cooking pasta, mm-hmm. and he's like, "You're not cooking it right." And I oh. swear, I threw, <laughs> I threw something, and I like left. And that was my. That's when I realized, like, I'm never going to be good enough for yeah. this man. And you know, for one, it's okay because when you look at the grand scheme, like you think of it universally, everybody's not meant. We're reason a season a lifetime. Sure, like it's okay, but. For men who will put that, willfully put that onus on you, mm-hmm. it's manipulation. Yes. I was and being I emotionally they, abused. Oh, you were being emotionally, <laughs> you were being emotionally, like yeah. literally being emotional. Yeah. And I feel like I wrote, I said this on another podcast. I said it in passing. And so many, like, I didn't even remember I said it. And so many women, like, retweeted it. I said, a lot of men never learned how to date. They learned how to manipulate. They never learned romance. They learned game. And I Mm -hmm. said it in passing, but so many women resonated with this idea that it's true. Even you think of the advice we give sometimes our boys, like, their uncles and their friends. Like, oh, man, uh, that girl can't have you whipped. No, you don't be like... Yep. How do you maintain the power and the domination in, in relationships in that? You were, that was emotional abuse. I realized that once I started dating other guys, and I'm like, oh, wow, like, you don't, have, you don't have to put me down all the time. You don't have to say, oh, change this, change this. I mean, to, to little things like, oh, I don't like what you have on. You have too many buttons on. Like, he really said that to me. Oh. It's all coming back now. Did he ever get <laughs> like married? I don't know what happened to him, child. Uh-huh. I, I guess I, I wish him the best know of luck. how anybody could look at you and want to change. Oh, you're anything. so sweet. You're so sweet. I wish somebody would. And I know that now. <laughs> and I really feel like I became free once I had the courage to be myself yes. and to be the authority on myself and say, well, you can't dictate who I am. Yes. This is this take me or leave me. Look, there's seven buttons and you're gonna get seven buttons. <laughs> I'm gonna wear all the <laughs> all the buttons. Gosh darn buttons I want to. <laughs> they were like sailor themed pants, they were really cute, whatever. So well, he, he can just He didn't know. He knows that. He didn't know style. But anyway, so <laughs> but are there advantages to buying into this though? Yes, I do think so. I think there are advantages to the idea of 
there's somebody for you. And there's mm-hmm. probably a lot of people for you, honestly. I don't think there's just one person. Oh, I truly believe I could marry like 10 people yeah. and be happy. And be and totally be happy. Like, is there probably, maybe there's, theory, in theory, there's one, maybe, but you know, you'll never know. You never But I love one. you, babe. I got to say that. <laughs> and, and you're with him because you. that's the person you were yes. supposed to but you know and I want to be with and yeah and I think that's the you know two individual people coming together in communion like that's the happily ever after so Mm -hmm. and I think it's important to believe in the idea that there is companionship for someone but Mm -hmm. not the idea that you need that to be happy Mm -hmm. (laughs) like that your happiness is on pause until you find that person right okay am I being cynical by thinking that like Women sometimes buy into this because, and I don't want to sound like bitter or whatever, mm-hmm. but like, <laughs> it, do we buy into it because we want to remain hopeful that love exists? Mm-hmm. And so we we say, okay, well, one day I'll find my happily ever after. And like, am oh, I? Oh, that you want to remain optimistic? Yeah. About I the whole love so. thing. Yeah. But I, and, and this is me being a romantic, okay. I think what what is life without love? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, and, and there are so many types of love. There's love of amongst friends, amongst family, you know, f- love of humanity, God, all sorts of love. But, you know, if you lose your faith in that, mm-hmm. you know, money isn't enough no. to get you, wake you up every day. So, no. um, you know, I, and I, and I, and I do think companionship is, is, is possible i think it's the forever notion mm-hmm. i think that okay. yeah i mean if you think about it this is going to be really super morbid so i was going to say what, what does that mean <laughs> yeah i think it's a forever notion because the thing about it is everything is temporal yeah and i think one of the issues of with our society is you know if you read like ta- old ancient tantra text they'll say that like one of the issues with modern society is that number one we've lost our heart connection because we're so rational mm-hmm. and number two we are so into control and everything that we are kind of scared to surrender and surrender to just the flow of life mm-hmm. and so we want to hold on to things that's me and everything is temporal everything is like you can fall in love and one of you will die yeah, it will so happen. Even if you stay together, air quotes, forever, it's not never going to be forever. Yeah. And so it's that idea, that ability to attach with a light touch and be in it mm-hmm. that I think is hard for a lot of people. Yeah. I had to, before I, you know, said, mm-hmm. yes, I'll marry you to my fiance, I had to come to grips with the fact that love is going to be temporary yes. every single kind mm-hmm. you know your parents will pass away um your dog you know yeah. like you will your partner will and so I had to because I hate change yeah. and I knew that if I was going to go into this with my eyes wide open making the choice to be with him which I think is the most romantic thing mm-hmm. like I'm not mm-hmm. just gonna just say oh I'm I just fell in love I'm floating like no That's I made the sad. choice oh, you know so and he made the choice mm-hmm. um and so if, if so I told myself, if I'm going to make the choice to be in love with him and to marry him, I have to know, I have to remind myself that he it's not going to last forever. And so treat him in the way yes. where, where I'm appreciating every moment with him. Yes. And the love will Lord change. Lord knows it gets hard. The love will change. <laughs> and it will get better in some ways. It gets more challenging in some ways. But the love changes, right. too. So, yeah, I think that's I think that's the part that unnerves people. And even, I think that's the part that probably messes people up, even in relationships, because you're so future-focused. It's just... 
be in the moment. Like when you're in the moment, mm-hmm. first of all, you notice things mm-hmm. when you're in the moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so you mm-hmm. don't have to look back at those red flags. Yeah. And you enjoy it more. And you just you give the relationship a chance to run wherever it is destined to run. Right. Know? Yeah. So we talked about the advantages. Mm-hmm. We got to talk about the disadvantages. Um, yeah. Of this happily ever after trope narrative the most loving love story the most enduring love story i think in like american society yeah um Um, what are some of the dangers the danger is that we you know we teach women that love is the reward for good behavior Mm. so i know that's happily ever after is not so one of the things one of the disadvantages wokeness i found is that (laughs) Is it ruined a lot of my favorite movies? Mm. So the best man is still one of my favorite movies. But I look at it with a It's side a great eye soundtrack. Now. Maybe you can just do oh, the soundtrack. It's a great soundtrack. It's a great I still soundtrack. love the movie. I still but it's oh, like no. they're don't part- are you gonna ruin it for me right now? Um You're gonna little. ruin it. Okay, just okay, go okay. ahead. If you look at the women who get love and the women who don't get love, mm-hmm. there's a lesson in that. So Mm. Mia is angelic and chaste and kind and loyal and quiet and quiet. Ooh, that's a big one. Quiet. Mm -hmm. Um, In fact, you don't really even get to know her until like the second movie. You don't even get to really figure out what her life is. Mm -hmm. Um, In spite of all of Lance's transgressions. And in the end, she gets to have the big wedding. And the only thing that almost stood in the way is because this one time, a long time ago, she had you know mm-hmm. sex with her friend, and the wedding was almost called off because she misbehaved. But we were able to find it in our hearts to forgive her. Right. Um, oh my gosh. If you look at the who's the one that uh, Sanaa Lathan's character, mm-hmm. she gets a proposal in the end. If you remember, she was kind of like went along, got along, didn't pressure him about like where is this going mm-hmm. she was like the boho chef yes the chef catered to him was like in awe of him she got the ring mm-hmm. now the Nia Long character Jordan she's the one who's opinionated she's got a life of her own she's got a career of her own mm-hmm. at one point Lance jokes oh she's damn near a lesbian mm-hmm. she stays single and if you look at um, Melissa D'Souza yes she now that's an interesting one because they poke so much fun at her but mm-hmm. she had a lot of power in her relationship. She kind of called the shots in that relationship. She definitely called the shots. And we could look at it and be like, she was a mess. And she was. But we have to um, discipline her for that, for having that power in that relationship. So she gets her man stolen. Boom. That's a whole mess. Dang, mm-hmm. yeah, you ruined it. Yeah. And so, and a lot of them, <laughs> the only the only one that's withstood this, uh, oh, that's not but My Best Friend's Wedding, same mm-hmm. thing. Julia Roberts' character in My Best Friend's Wedding is she's like uh, independent, career minded, you know, care, you know, free, independent. Yes. She doesn't get the man. The one who gets the man is, you know, straight haired and blondie. Cameron Diaz's character. It's if you look at a lot of um, romance movies, and this is what we teach women: that if you behave, if you're loving, if you're loyal and attractive, you will be chosen. If you're independent, if you mm-hmm. attempt to have power over yourself or power in your relationship, if you have a voice, then you may not get chosen. Like this is <laughs> this That's is how we use love to really almost manipulate women. Yeah, to control them. Like I don't mm-hmm. know who wrote my best friend's wedding, but like the. The best man that was written by a man, mm-hmm. and if you really go and listen, like to some of just the one-liners, problematic. 
like I didn't realize it back in the day. Dang. But when you look go back and you listen to some of the things I have to go rewatch said, now. Uh, it's like, uh the only thing that's withstood the test so of time sad. is um Love Jones. Love Jones is a feminist romance. Yes. Because they both mess up. They both see each other equally. They both give each other a, a chance. Like they that somehow that script managed to avoid all of those tropes. I love that. Yeah. And I love Love Jones. It's the only movie. I got the DVD for that one. So sorry, best man. I love you, but I have to let you go. Um, but yeah, I think the disadvantages for me are that so many women buy into it at mm-hmm. a young age. When yeah. we're our most vulnerable, we're trying to figure it out. And it sets you up for failure because you think that this happily ever after is like a destination. Yes. You know, the I man have to is get, a destination. Yes. He's the goal. He's the goal. Yes. I just need to find a man to rescue me, to find me. Yes. You know, I'm just going to be out in the world looking either sad and downtrodden <laughs> or looking my best. Yes. And he's going to find me and then I'm going to be, and then I'm going to be fine. Mm-hmm. And the bit, what we don't realize is that marriage when we say fall in love, a lot of women really do fall in love. They mm-hmm. literally lose themselves and their identity in marriage. And you especially will if you never really took the time to carve out a true identity mm-hmm. for yourself prior mm-hmm. to the marriage or ask yourself, what do you want or is this the man you want? Is this what you want? What does your ideal marriage look like? And then you just take on the title of wife and literally fall into that and you and know play that part and you play that part women that emotional labor is really translates into real labor like most women are doing most of the housework most mm-hmm. of the child rearing plus carrying on there like it's a lot there's a reason why married men are more successful mm-hmm. married women sometimes they compromise their career they compromise their health statistically yeah. speaking, this is horrible to say yeah but marriage it's is so a beautiful true. thing it really but when you is. look at it can't we do it like <laughs> yes it's a beautiful thing guys i'm not but you know when we look at it we 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 like to put forth the idea that women you know you've won the lottery yes and the reality is yes you've won love but it's more than it's probably more advantageous for men yeah to be is. married it is yeah it is. And I just want women, I guess, if I could tell my younger self something, I would just be like, girl, don't pin your hopes and dreams on marriage. Yeah. It's not going to fix you. You need to fix yourself. Yes. And I yes. think so many of us think when we're younger and <laughs> a lot of us when we're older, too, mm-hmm. we think marriage is going to heal our holes. You know, I hate I really do hate when people say he completes me or she completes me because it's like. You need to complete yourself, you know, because when two complete people come together, then you have a strong marriage Mm -hmm. because marriage, as you said, it's not easy and it really is a mirror to, and I think any relationship, right? It's like a mirror of all the bad things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think that's the thing. I think that's why divorce is so prevalent because back in the day, just you really couldn't. You couldn't. <laughs> so you just had to deal with but it. But now it's like you can say, "Oopsie," it's like white out. But um, I think there are a lot of people that are, that are getting married for the wrong reasons or mm-hmm. attracted to somebody for the wrong reasons. You know, mm-hmm. Yo, um, I love the way he looks. I love what he does. I love how he lives. Or you know what I mean? Or even for men, oh yeah, she's attractive. She's this. She's that. Da, 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 and you're not going beneath the surface. You're looking for people who compliment you, like your very ego-based desires. Mm-hmm. And then when you really get into the thick of that, and you're it's like, like who real are work. you? Yeah. And yeah. a lot of people can't 
do it, you know? Make and I think even if you do get into marriage for the right reasons, <clears throat> like, you know, I love my fiance. I don't I want to say that 10,000 times. I know you chose the right man. I did. I really <laughs> did. Be, and, and I know that because, you know, in our relationship, we've been together almost four years. Mm-hmm. He has shown me the worst parts of myself, mm. you know, and still loves me. And uh, still wants to be with me and vice versa. I have tested him <laughs> in ways unnamed. And, you know, we have both become better for it. But, you know, I'm not perfect. He's not perfect. Mm-hmm. And, and marriage will do that. It will test you. It will stretch you. Stretch you. Yes. It'll make you pray real hard. Yes. Um, and, you know, any good relationship will do that. And so... Um, That's rising in love, right? Right. And so, yeah. but when you think of... You know, this happily ever after notion that I'm going to be my happiest self. You might not be some years, right? Right, Your happiest self in marriage, but just know that it will come back to you. You know, that love, the reason why you started to fall in love will come back to you. But, you know, if you're pinning all your hopes and dreams and you have a down year or a down month or a Mm -hmm. down week and then you give up, then, then... Absolutely. And things are going to happen. Life keeps, ha- life keeps happening. People lose jobs. People lose parents. Mm-hmm. People get sick. I mean, things keep happening, mm-hmm. you know. But you have a companion with you, which I think is a beautiful thing. I think Thank that's you. the thing. And that's why I say, like, the, when you ask that question about, like, l- keeping hope, it's like, you know, human beings are, are social creatures. We're meant to actually have companionship. It's yes. this idea that this is one person for all, all the eternity and da, da, da. You know, yes, sometimes, yes, sometimes, no. But mm-hmm. companionship, I think, is actually quite natural. Yes. You mm-hmm. kind of touched on monogamy, but I'm not going to go there. That's a whole other podcast. Oh, no. Like, <laughs> is there one person? But anyway, but I'm just not going to. One I'm at a time. No, one there. at a time. I actually really believe in monogamy. It's just the idea that, you know, sometimes relationships run their course and it's okay. Right. That's all. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, does happily ever after, though, mm-hmm. like account for unconventional women? And I think, and I ask this because... In modern day society, I really don't think that um, women are set up to succeed, especially like working moms, especially <laughs> um, wives in, in certain areas of their lives. But like, is there a way that we can, you know, still adopt the things that we like about happily ever after for this like modern unconventional woman, maybe the woman who doesn't even want to get married? Yeah, I think it just it, it comes with we have to really get comfortable with making just choices in our own lives and having agency over our own lives which is kind of hard because a lot of times women are held to like really high expectations and that kind of governs what we do and I don't I think women can have it all but I don't think it's easy and I think it's not always all at once yes we'll say you really (laughs) think that because I don't think I don't think you can I think I think I I mean if if all is being able to get married and have children and have your career Yes. Sure. Yes. But not it's at not the same easy time. and it's not right. There are going to be times when you feel like you're struggling at parenting or struggling in your career, struggling in your relationship. Mm-hmm. I don't think it just all flows at once. I think it makes it takes very difficult decisions for women to have it all. I think it's yes. very easy for men to have it all. I know. Very. Why do you think that is, though? That's the, that's the game. <laughs> like, because <laughs> I'm trying setup. to, as I'm like, you know, I'm pregnant, I'm mm-hmm. getting married. I, I love my career. And I'm and I really am trying to wrap my head. And I think um, the good thing about having a partner is I include him in this conversation. Like, how are we going to change our lives so that mm-hmm. we can? Well, that's that's it. Yeah, make this we're happen. Partnership. But even still, like when we were talking about his paternity leave, I'm like, so how much time are you going to take off? And he's like, oh, two weeks. I'm like, what? Yeah. What, brother? <laughs> and he's a feminist. You know, I'm like, no, you're going to be. You well, need to be he here get, with me. Does he get like a good unlimited leave? <gasps> 
he works for a tech company, so he gets unlimited leave. I'm like, can you please just stay with me? I need you. <laughs> Don't leave I've me. I've never even heard of that oh, before. Yeah. A lot of tech companies are like, whatever you no, ooh, that's a beautiful for, for like thing. vacation for everything so they don't have there's no policy in place for vacation days he's very wow. lucky wow yeah yes okay so you got you will have to revisit that two weeks thing yeah we're just y'all pray for me yeah because i you know i just because a lot of the problem is is that men don't get paternity leave mm-hmm. and so then that extra labor no is on is on the woman but i think I don't know. I, yeah. I don't like how society is, is set up that way. That's the way. That's the setup. Yeah. It's so I, I. So I mean, it's like yes and no. Yes, you can have it all, but it's not easy, and you will always be making choices and always be compromising, and it's just like not all at once. I mean, even Michelle Obama said that. So once she says it, it's that's, it's Bible. If she can't. If she can't do it all, <laughs> I definitely can. I'm still yeah. trying to read her book <laughs> book now because oh, she, I can't. I she's done so much. I was like, this is a thick book, Michelle. It's thick. I haven't gotten. I actually, I'm thinking about getting the audio and just doing that for the rest of the way through. Mm. I know, Listen but I like reading. I'm the same way, but it's a thick book. It's a thick. Book. But we love you, Michelle. <laughs> she, had lot, she had a lot to say. Bless her heart. But before I let Aisha go, I want you to help me answer a question. Yes. Um, like every podcast before this one, I took to my Instagram. I am Joy Marie Writes. That's J O I Marie Writes. And I told people to hop in my DMs if they had a question about the topic. And I had a wonderful woman who shall remain nameless write me. Are you going to help me answer the question? Yes. Okay, yes, good. yes, yes. Sorry. I, I, need <laughs> I was <you>. listening intently. <laughs> I need you to help me, Chad. But um, okay, so she says. We are taught to believe in everything we see from fairy tales to books, movies and society. And in some cases, your own household. I have an 11 year old girl and she said and she's in middle school and I'm trying to teach her that happily ever after isn't always realistic. Um, Can you please ask Aisha, should we in 2019 be teaching our kids to redefine happily ever after and what it actually means yes i think one you've got to teach especially little girls that the man is not the goal that Mm. the life is the goal the life you want to live is the goal what is it going to take to make yourself happy do you Mm -hmm. want to be hiking in the himalayas (laughs) right do you want to be trekking through the jungle do you want to be a ceo you want to be an entrepreneur a youtube star whatnot whatever it is you want to do that's going to make you happy, like you have to be your own happily ever after. And we Mm. also have to teach young women that no one can love you beyond your capacity to love yourself. Do not expect someone to come in and fill you up. He is a compliment, not a supplement. Mm -hmm. And so we have to teach these young girls to love themselves and to do whatever it is that they want to do in life, barring is legal. Um, (laughs) And go for it. Because, you know, if you're not living your authentic self, you will not attract authentic love. Yes. You don't want somebody to fall in love with the person you were pretending to be. Because how long can you keep that mask on? I have been there. And it is that hard. We all have. <laughs> and then I was in my kitchen throwing things. <laughs> but yeah. Projectile pasta. Yes. Yep. It was awful. <laughs> but yeah, I totally agree with you. I think, um, and I don't think my fiance would mind me saying this, but he is not my happily ever after. I found it way before him. You know, mm. I did that work. Yeah. I really did that work. I was very unhappy after that last relationship ended. And I said, how can I make joy happy? And I made mm. a list. I was, you know, because I'm very type A. <laughs> so I made a I list. <laughs> And I said, okay, these are all of the things I don't like about myself. This, these are all the things that I want to do. And I began that hard work, that like invisible work that you don't see, that you don't want to talk about, you don't want to tell your girls. 
I didn't tell anybody. And I started to do the work and I started to find my happy all on my own. Mm. And I think it was important for me to do that and to to find happiness on my own because then I realized it didn't it wasn't in anyone else's hands. Yes. I yes. didn't have to go to any place to yes. find happiness. I could like I could um, manifest it. Absolutely. Also, even I'm just thinking of this random factoid on a seduction note. Mm. Um, Oshun, we all know Oshun, mm-hmm. thanks to uh, Beyonce. Thanks, Beyonce. Um, <laughs> thanks, Beyonce, for introducing us to the Orishas. Um, but, you know, Oshun's like the goddess of love and fertility and wealth in um, Yoruban uh, folklore. So she, Yoruban spiritual tradition, I should say, but she's known for kind of being full of laughter and full of life. And if you ever see a dance to Oshun, you, you dance, you, you laugh while you're dancing. Mm. And the idea is that what's so captivating about her is that she seems like she's having this sort of party of one. Like she's so I happy. That. And she's so full of love and laughter and life and vitality that people say, oh, I want to go over there and join her. And I think that's it. That is totally it. Because yeah. I was going to say, as soon as I started to do the work on myself, here he comes. Mm. Doing the work on himself. Because oh, I'm not God. his happily ever after either. I love it. He has that all by himself. And so I'm just the cherry on top. And he's just my cherry on top. Oh, two cherries. Um, two cherries. Yes. Little brown skin cherries. <laughs> cha- <but laughs> two cherries. Yes. But um, Thank you so much for joining this me. This is amazing. This is a really great conversation. Just love yes. you so much. But tell the people how they can find you. Yes, you can find me on Instagram at Aisha K. Fains, uh, Twitter at Aisha K. Fains. I can be very simple for you. <laughs> and womenlovepower.com. Also, and it will be in the description box, but I've been Joy Marie McKenzie. Y'all can find me at Joy Marie Writes on all the socials. It's J-O-I Marie Writes. And thank you so much for coming back to the Engagement Game, the podcast. If you have not picked up the book, it is on bookshelves now, out in paperback. So cheap, so wonderful. <laughs> you can download it on your Kindle. I also have an audiobook that I did myself. So y'all go pick it up. And until next time, that's it. Yes. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Yay! Awesome.